Hey, hey, welcome to the Social Innovation Lab, a podcast dedicated to making sure you're in the know with everything happening on social media. Social Innovation Lab. I'm your host, Claudia Cameron, and today we have one of the best social people in the business joining us, Amy Luca. She's the SVP of Social for the Americas region at MediaMonks and interestingly is a professor at the USC Marshall School of Business. She has a strong background in building social first companies, predominantly in the influencer space. She's truly global, having worked in Sydney, Singapore and Shanghai, and of course has a wealth of experience working on the best brands in the business. Today she's here to discuss, is social media helping or hurting your brand? She's joining us from LA. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Claudia. It's great to be here. We really want to focus this podcast on brands on social and if it's beneficial or not. So what would be a starting point for you? I think the the big thing in social and as it relates to brand building is, you know, are you actually building your brand on social or just generating awareness for a product? And I think that's the evolution and the, the maturity of the social channel for marketers and, and brands alike. In the past, you know, decade, a lot of the as social networks started to grow and evolve, and become a clear channel for marketers, a lot of the content was based on product feature benefit, not about what the brand stood for or the values of the brand. And those are the sorts of advertising techniques that were used in other channels, not necessarily in social. And I think as we start to evolve the social channel as a brand marketing uh, channel, it's time to evolve content so that we're focusing on building long-term brand health, not just a short-term product sale return. I love that. So it's not just being on social for being on social. It's about how do we actually connect the brand to social that drives actual meaning for consumers, right? Absolutely. And I think the early days of social media marketing for a lot of brands and the cosmetics industry was an early adopter of social and influencers in particular. A lot of it was kind of the spray and pray tactic. If we produce a ton of content, we have a lot of influence talking about our product, then we will become known by the audience that we want to attract. And that worked really, really well in the early days with direct-to-consumer brands, brands that popped out of nowhere, that all of a sudden became a force to be reckoned with. All of a sudden, lots of watches everywhere. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there's a couple things that have changed that dynamic. In the early days, brands were able to, you know, start an Instagram channel and create some content and build an audience relatively easily because the algorithms allowed for that content tend to be seen, but the platforms got wise and they realized there's a value to that audience and it's not free to just pop content onto social platforms anymore. There's a big paid component behind it. And that means we have to get a little bit more sophisticated in the type of content that we're producing so that we're not just going for that easy click or that immediate sale. How do we actually build some brand equity so that people are actually seeking our content and looking for what's next for our brands? And what would be your advice to people who are looking to build that brand equity? How should people start to view social? I mean, I think our methodology, you know, really starts with data first and foremost. So you have to really understand the audience that you're going after and where they're consuming the type of content that you want to produce for your brand. So for instance, channel becomes extremely important and not all social channels may be in alignment with that brand. So your data is going to tell you about your audience, what they're consuming, why they're consuming it on that platform, the easy 
Example is, you know, on LinkedIn, when I go on LinkedIn, I don't want to see content related to selling a product. I want to see professional based content. And likewise, some brands really feel strongly that their brand doesn't align with certain platforms. Patagonia has been very vocal about boycotting certain platforms because the platforms they feel don't align with their brand values. And that's a really prominent example of a brand really having a strong understanding of where their audience is, how their audience wants to be communicated with, and then aligning that with their brand values and how they want to promote their brand in social media. Yeah. Do you have any other examples that you would say that are also strong brand cases out there that we could kind of learn from? Yeah, I think any brand that spends time focusing on content that furthers their purpose or their brand's reason for being um, is a strong brand. One that comes to mind is Dove. Dove has done an amazing job. And in, in full disclosure, I, I worked on the brand for many years in social. And you know they do a fantastic job of focusing on their brand heritage and their current brand DNA, which is around self-esteem and programs for women and girls and building body confidence. And a lot of their content doesn't even feature product. It is really about furthering their brand promise to their consumers about what they stand for. And I think that's a really powerful example. You know, I think this is an emerging area for social. It's something that we definitely try to counsel our clients on a lot about making sure that your audience and your customers really understand what the brand stands for. And I think marketers really need to take a good hard look at whether the content that they're producing in their social channels is helping consumers understand what they stand for or just making them aware of a new product feature or service that's associated with that brand. And I love that point because I think you need to make sure that you're not just saying something also on social that doesn't resonate on the website, for example, or you're not being transparent with your ingredients, for example. I mean, we're living in the age of transparency. So there's nothing that a consumer is not going to uncover about your brand if you are trying to be deceitful or inauthentic. So the brands that are going to be winning in the future in social are the ones that that actually stay very true to their core brand DNA. They communicate it early and often. And when they make a mistake, they're honest about it with their community. And I think that sort of transparency and social is the way you build trust and authenticity in a brand. I mean, we're living also in an era of complete distrust of the media, complete distrust of brands. So there's a big job to be done in social media to build up brands that people trust and will stay loyal to. And that is something that will absolutely pay off on a brand's balance sheet in the long run. That brand equity building has a real world and financial impact for these brands for the long haul. I think it's amazing how we can sometimes say, okay, as a brand, these are my values, but we don't actually live and breathe them either. Maybe I can get you to summarize what kind of things could a brand specifically focus on to make sure that they're living and breathing these brand equity moments and things to really take into consideration? Yeah, I mean, I think it's also important to note before we talk about that is just how much budget is going into social now. I mean, so if you're going to be spending this amount of money, measurement becomes really important. And I think the biggest piece and answer to your question is what do they need to do? It, it always starts with data. It always starts with understanding your audience. Secondarily, it, creating the right content that aligns with your brand purpose values and your product are extremely important, but you have to measure. And that's the thing that seems to fall down a lot in social media these days because most social media measurement is strictly measurement that the platforms provide. So 
engagement, sentiment, you know, comments, likes. And the reality is, if you're looking at any social media post, an influencer or otherwise, we're effectively measuring success of a post or a campaign based on, at best, maybe an eight, nine, 10% engagement rate and people can victory and it's wonderful, but that's eight or 9% of a very vocal minority of people that happen to engage with your brand. So what the next level of social media measurement is, is really brand health tracking. Why are we not measuring social media the same way we measure other brand channels? And I think the evolution is now that we can, we can. There are measurement tools now that we can use that create an apples to apples comparison to your other marketing channels so that we actually can measure social media content impact on things like brand health and brand equity, because your brand health and brand equity measures are not going to come from an engagement rate or from comments or likes or any sort of other social media metric that we currently measure most pieces of content on a platform. What would you say to brand managers or people who have a follower target? The short answer is that that is a metric that is no longer as valid or impactful as we may think. When you focus only on follower count, the truth is you're actually paying twice to talk to the same audience. So in the scenario where just let's say there's an arbitrary number, you want 100,000 followers on your Instagram channel, for instance, the marketing and advertising and the influencers or the media boosting, whatever, however you're going to acquire those, that audience, you're paying for that once. Now, we also know that on the platforms, reaching that audience with an organic post is far in decline. So you're not going to actually reach 100,000 followers, even if you gain them with your posts. So what happens? You're going to have to pay to boost those posts as a brand for your audience to see them. So you're paying double. And it's not a really great investment philosophy. Um, You know, the, the better philosophy would be organic followers are wonderful and you want to have those and you want to encourage that. And that is the payoff of great content. If your sole goal is just gaining followers, just be prepared to pay twice. You're going to pay to gain them in the first place. And then you're going to pay to communicate with it to them on every post because you're going to have to boost that content with a paid media boost. Um, maybe we can leave the audience with some key takeaways that you would say, okay, these are kind of the things that you definitely need to focus on when trying to win at social? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's data. And it's not likes and comments and engagement rate. It's really digging into understand where your audience is spending their time and what type of content they want to consume when they're there. And that actually may mean that there are certain channels that a brand doesn't participate in because it doesn't make sense for that brand. And I think secondly, is really around measurement. Measurement moving forward is going to become extremely important to justify investment. It's going to become really important to determining whether your social media efforts are helping your brand or hurting your brand. And it can do either. If you have the wrong metrics or you're looking at the wrong sets of data, you could get a false negative or a false positive based on engagement rate or comments. And I think the evolution of measurement into brand health tracking measures of actually measuring whether people are more likely to purchase your product or love your brand or understand your brand purpose is really where the future is going in social media content. So my recommendation is that focus on the fundamentals of data and measurement to ensure that your efforts aren't wasted. I love that. And I definitely want to hear some more about how these brands are going in the future. So I would love to know more. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening and see you next week.